Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Fatherhood is powerful. Whether he is a biological father, a stepfather, or simply a role model, having a man to look up to is critical to young men as they navigate the complications of life and growing up. Of course, as a young woman with no children, I'm no expert in fatherhood. That's why I invited Shannon Reed, Director of Boys and Men of Color at United Way, to guide today's conversation. Growing up in Milwaukee and raising two sons, Shannon is uniquely poised to guide the work around improving outcomes for fathers and changing the narrative of boys and men of color. Many times, that work begins with a conversation. We are happy to have Shannon Reed and his son, Shannon Reed Jr., in conversation on the podcast today. Here's Shannon, Jr. Growing up as a man, especially in Milwaukee, is, 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 is deeper than what it just sounds, um, only yeah. because you, you have to you have to live it. You really have to live it. Um, you have to see see certain things and go through certain things to really understand the perception of someone who has grown up in Milwaukee. And a person of color. And a person of color in yeah. Milwaukee. Because that's just, the other piece of it as well. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, my dad has obviously put me in my place thousands of times being an adolescent man who thought I just knew exactly what everything was and I had all the answers, which obviously I didn't at the time. Um, but that's why it's so important to have that father figure because men, we need a different vocabulary when spoken to. It's just something that's needed for us. Um, when you have another man who can talk the same lingo as you, get inside your head without even having to really understand where you came from because they know where you came from because they once lived it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other piece of that is that when you say that specifically, mm-hmm. Then you talk about, I understand that as a African-American male or person of color that I've lived that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you and I have talked about all the time, right? I, I say to you, I say, Shannon, you're 22. Mm-hmm. I'm 41, mm. right? Countless. <laughs> right? I've said this to you I don't know how many times, right? Yes, sir. I'm 41. I've been 22. Yes, sir. You haven't been 41. And so... There's a huge gap. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that, you know, as you've come into your own mm-hmm. and still evolving, as well as I am at 41, mm-hmm. still evolving, where we are right now as males, right? And then seeing all the other things that are happening around us. You know, when we see shootings, you know, when we see um, other young males who, are, who didn't get to make it to 22, and we'll never get to make it to 22. And then those who are 22 who may not get to make it to 41. Those are all the pieces, right, that we then try to figure out. I've had someone there who was help, was able to guide what that looks like mm-hmm. or have that conversation mm-hmm. or that support mm-hmm. or that person just to be there to say, what does this man think about? You know, what it, there's because there's no manual. Mm-hmm. Right? There's there's no manual. How was it different from your parents, actually? Yeah. You know, I had, you know, it was two of us. It was my brother, who's eight years older than I am. And our, our growing up was cool, right? I mean, we lived in a time, you know, it was around the 80s. And, 
You know, it was like cool. You know, everybody could get to go outside and hang out. And, you know, you're not really worried about all of the things. You know, like we didn't have the technology we had. Our technology was hide and seek, right? Our technology was, you know, let's play cans outside. You know, that's what our technology was. You know, if we start looking at like what Snapchat is and, you know, what's Facebook. Well, our Facebook was, we really saw the faces of the people in front of us. So that was, you know, our, our getting out. So, you know, for me growing up at a time like that, you know, I had, you know, my mom and dad, right? You know, I, I grew up um, in a two-parent home, right? But my dad wasn't really there. My dad was in the house, but he wasn't there. And so um, I love him to pieces, and he taught me a great deal of things. I think he... he, he you know, one of the things that I've I've said to him now, in, in my in my older in my being older, he taught me how to not be like him. Having you know my two boys now, and and being able to be in their lives, it was about let me make sure I do this a little bit better than what I had it, and also let me make sure I'm there. You know, Shannon played basketball, um, and so I coached his basketball team. So I was there. I was able to see him. Um, I distinctly remember when I was growing up playing basketball, my dad coming to only one of my games. Um, and that stood out to me because it was like the only one he came to. And so it helped me understand I don't want to do that. That's what I don't want to do. And so now I have my son who's playing basketball. Um, and then, you know, I have his now younger brother who plays hockey on and in his traveling world um, or if he has a baseball game it's for me to be on the sideline cheering him on so he knows I'm there um, and that he remembers it because it's a memory you know we're creating memories with our children um, and so that that that's probably one of the things that I learned and I picked up is that the most important thing for them for me to do is be there but it's also important for me to be a support for him when he gets done. Being able to have the conversation with him and talk with him, hey, I didn't have that, but I'm here. And if there's gonna be something that you're going to encounter, talk to me. Because I'm gonna give it to you not only with a little bit of a little bit of roughness, um, but it's also gonna come with a little bit of love um, and some compassion. Um, because that's not what you're going to get when you go outside the doors in the city of Milwaukee. There's not a lot of compassion. There's not a lot of tough love. It's, it's that you may go out and you may not come back. And so I think in my growing up and in my learning, and I'm still learning, that I had to teach my kids that as well, that you need to be able to um, do things from a perspective of you be respectful, um, shake hands, and when you shake hands, shake them sternly and look the person in the face so they, that they know who you are. Um, and also, just be nice. Just be nice. Um, and I think in our community, we have a lot of young men that haven't had that, that support system. You know, you have the world 
right in front of you and you can decide to do whatever it is that you want to do, but you have to work really hard to do it. How do you think my, my parenting style was though? I think that it was as appropriate as, as it should have been. And I, I'm, I'm only saying that first because the things that I'm going to say sound sometimes harsh, but you, you don't understand how much it's utilized um, in the real world. My, my dad was always, always a loving parent, but he also had a bit of sternness about him that kind of let you know that when playtime was over, playtime was definitely over. But that sense of directness that he pretty much played on earlier is exactly the reason as to why we have such a great deal of respect. And I, when I say we, I mean my siblings and I. Um, when we've always been taught that, we've always been taught that when you speak, look, look a person in their eyes. You know, when you shake their hand, shake their hand sternly. Um, these are traits that my dad obviously displayed in the household for us, which was so easy for us to display in the real world. Um, he was definitely um, very disciplined with us, very disciplined and also very goofy. We had a very goofy household as well. My, my dad definitely showed me a great sense of duality in life um, as to why you have to be so stern, um, but then understanding when it is the time to love and play. With that being said, I can say that one of the greatest lessons that my dad has taught me um, in the midst of everything was how to articulate yourself. A lot of men of color don't necessarily have that. Um, and that typically is the situation for a lot of us, especially residing within Milwaukee. Um, we don't necessarily have the tools or the options to say what's on our minds and just like I said, articulate ourselves um, and say what it is that we're truly are feeling. We have a lack of communication going on in the city. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there are certain things that need to be vocalized that are not necessarily vocalized. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that it's just one thing, police brutality, racial segregation, basic stipulations that we as a society like to tell ourselves are diminished when in reality they're not quite as diminished as it seems. What we can do is try to vocalize our voices just a little bit more because there are certain things that we're not being engaged with and certain services that are not provided for us that should be. Hmm. So when you talk about communication, for me, mm -hmm. I, I'm always asking, how do we make sure that our young men of color have spaces to be able to talk about the things that they are facing, right? Very so how, how do we open that up? And, and as you said, it's a myriad of reasons mm -hmm. of why that is, whether it is segregation, whether it is education, mm -hmm. whether there is an income disparity, whether there is poverty, mm -hmm. whether it's food, I mean, all of those things, we have to make sure that that's the, the space mm -hmm. is open for them to talk about. One of the things that I think is also becoming a major issue for our young men mm -hmm. is that mental stability. Yes. Meaning individuals really talking about mental health. Yes. And also the word we use a lot in our community world is trauma. There's a lot of trauma that's plaguing our young men 
because how is it that I am to function when things are being pressed and compressed every day where you're telling me I just seen someone get killed on my block and so now I have to get up and go to school in the morning and 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 not and not remember that I'm supposed to just function you know so that's a that's another piece right that we don't talk about that hey we're going to just send our young males <laughs> back to school today and and they've seen so much and and the expectation then becomes well I need you to open up to page 13 you know and read about the subject the subject matter of the day and and how can I function when I know I just saw someone who was killed and maybe it was someone I, it was either a friend of mine or a friend of a friend or even someone who was my family member see and the thing what's so what what's so interesting about that is that I know in the position that I have you I encounter a lot of different people every day mm -hmm. and the severity of the situation may not be even as so as they had a friend who was killed but more so they have a little brother at home they can't feed mm. You know, it's yeah. hard to tell someone <laughs> that you need to leave here and go to school, but they're sitting here trying to get food for their family. Um, wow, adversity makes you 10 times stronger, yo. I, and that's why I always try to tell people who are going through these certain situations that you don't know how strong that light within you is because you don't know how much it takes for someone to drop a book for school. Because sometimes, we have the perception in society that someone dropped that book because they didn't want to go to school. And in yeah. reality, that's not the case. Yeah. Most of the time, for most men of color, that's not the case, you know? And I think that's, that's a really hard fact for people to deal with, um, but it's one of those characteristics or one of those muscles I always like to tell people that's always gonna grow with inside of you because it's gonna make you 10 times better later on. I literally have these personal conversations with people every day come and tell me that they'll leave school to get food share benefits. Man, it's survival, you know? This is really survival out here. This is this is serious. And um, people don't, you don't quite grasp that concept until, like I said, you live it. You don't, you don't know how it feels to really go hungry. Until you know? you're hungry. That feeling right there, that, that, that'll push you to do anything, you know? And this is the adversity that young men are facing on a daily basis. Every day. He got to figure out where he's getting just a piece of bread from, you know? That makes it really hard for someone to even sit there and, and conceptualize a book. Having, having a strong role model in your life can truly, truly, truly change that for you. Because you'll start to understand, like my father provided for me, was... Everything in life is challenging. What are you going to allow to challenge you? When you're faced with the adversity of thinking how I'm going to eat, it's kind of hard thinking about what else is challenging me rather than I know I'm not eating. You know, um, that right there is what I try to get people to understand people are dealing with, like I said, every day. You know, one of the things that I want to make sure we also are messaging and conveying, right, it's important for you to be a support to your child, mm -hmm. right? Your your mm -hmm. the person you brought 
in this world. Mm -hmm. That's important. If you don't have that, you still need to be a support. You can seek it. To our, to our, to still our. Still seek opportunity. Yeah, you know, still go out and 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 fit in, or and I don't like to say fit because fit can be a lot of different things, mm -hmm. but find your space where you can you can help and where you can lend a hand and where you can be a listening ear or whether you can help that that young man mm -hmm. get to that next level what and whatever level that is or where whatever level he is because sometimes we have this grandiose idea of shaping what looks like what we think it should be for them and we haven't taken the time to consider what do they need or or how would they like get to be what advice would you give a dad from a son's perspective i would actually tell most fathers to like like my father said from the beginning man truly just be there um truly be there truly just be there um no one's perfect no one is perfect no one is perfect even if you can't necessarily teach that young man what it is to be a man the lessons that you'll give him will shape him to understand what things he doesn't need to do. Yeah. You know, how he can <laughs> save himself from bumping his head in the long run. Yeah. Um, just simply be there, man. Try to be the best man that you possibly can be. Be the best man that you possibly can be. My dad truly taught me how to be a man. Truly taught me how to be a man. Um, things like that, you can't buy. You can't buy. Um, <laughs> I think that any advice that I would give to fathers is to truly just show your son how to be respectful, um, how to engage with others, how to be a loving man. Don't don't become so constrained in um, fighting the adversity of the world. Find peace within yourself. Love yourself. We can't do everything, mm -hmm. but we can do something positive. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest lessons that my dad has also taught me outside of everything else that we said was just like what he's kind of hitting on right now is picking up the next man. Um, my dad always taught us that make sure, first of all, you're respectful and nice to others, but you're always there to help help others. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure you give your time back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> serving others. Serving others. I mean, I mean, community engagement goes beyond just, I guess, what people have the, the set mindset of it to be. Um, it's not necessarily you going and impacting the largest group, but helping someone to understand to get them to say, I can do this. Yeah. You can get that one individual to say, I went through GED. I got my GED today. <laughs> <laughs> to you and to others, that sounds so like whatever. But that was this man's life goal. And he thought he couldn't do it. <laughs> you know? He did it today. It's no telling what he's going to do next. Yep. No telling. That right there, to have that optimism, is something that my dad has taught me. That was Shannon Reed Jr. sitting down with his father, Shannon Reed, to talk about being a man of color in the city of Milwaukee and the valuable lessons they have learned from one another. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. 
A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction.